This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. Hello, I'm Peter Coleman, the announcer for Funny People Talking, and I am here now to announce my resignation effective immediately due to the inhumane treatment, abuse, underpayment, and general inappropriate... Hold on. They're, they're speaking to me through my earpiece. What's that? Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That ironclad, huh? Uh-huh. I would have to cut off my toes. An entire jar of fireflies? And then dance around in a... Really? Is that even legal? But I... My initials, huh? <sighs> okay. Um, <clears throat> sorry. Never mind. This is Funny People Talking. Hi, my name is Mary Lemmer, and I'm the creator of Improv 4, and I'd rather be stuck in the subway listening to someone play an untuned instrument than listen to funny people talking. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Funny People Talking. I am one of your hosts, Mark Waco, and at my 2 o'clock, you can't tell that, but I know it's true, is my good friend and co-host, Ms. Danielle Backman. Hi. Hey, did you just yawn? No, I'm laughing because <laughs> 2 o'clock is funny. Hi, Mark. <laughs> Hi, Danielle. Thank you for having scratchy, me. Scratchy, scratchy, scratchy voice. Is your voice bothering you today? So, yeah, I actually, I had a voice lesson yesterday, like oh. a singing voice lesson. Seems to, seems to have gone well. Well, no, it was already, it was, it's called allergies. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah they are bad. They're really they bad right now. Yesterday, yeah. yeah, I might sneeze today in the studio. That's we'll okay. see. But I'm okay at the moment. But, but, uh, but yeah, my, my voice teacher, his name is Dennis. He's delightful. He's from Germany. Oh. And, uh, you know, he's kind of blunt. That's, That's really... You know, the Germans are blunt. And he said... You were singing F shot! He said, I have to tell you, Daniel. No, he has a slight accent. He's a very good this American accent. This is not accent. your... Oh, that was French, really. <laughs> uh, this is not your best day. Daniel, you have uh, the swollen vocal cords. Your cords are swollen. That's French. <laughs> and I know. I, that, oh. I, did, I was taking your cue. Oh, were you? Okay. Yeah, but anyway, he was like, I don't want to lie to you, but your vocal cords are swollen right now. He's like, it's not bad. It'll get better in two days. And I was like, thank you. So we just did these great like sort of things. Not really using your vocal cords as much. Yeah, it was I guess awesome. that does use them, but. But my passaggio, you know, when you're singing, there's your head voice and your chest voice. Do you guys know about this? Kind of? A little bit. Okay. Well. Basically, my passaggio is my break where I go from my chest voice up to my head voice. And that was like gone. Like it was like, ah, like it was fizzled. Anyway, thanks so much, Mark. Yeah. So. <laughs> um, and that is and why my voice is like. This. Yes, I did bring it up. Allergies. Thank you. Your passaggio. Oh, um, what a passaggio. I know. On it, that sounds like, girl. it sounds like a Italian name for, you know, like, you know, my, 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 uh, Hey, my do you know Danny Passaggio? He's hey, coming for dinner. You know, he's my Passaggio, you know. Oh, yeah, you know, he's yeah. my Passaggio. Well, who are you calling your Passaggio? Hey, don't get in front of me. My Passaggio is over on the left. Oh, well, I had two Passaggios for lunch yesterday. <laughs> you know what I just got? I just what? got a Passaggio for my birthday. It, oh. it gets like $180, 180 gallons of uh, okay. miles a gallon. It gets 180 something. Oh, my Passaggio. <laughs> you know what oh. kind of ice cream I love? <laughs> 
pistachio (laughs) (laughs) anyway uh welcome to the show everybody we're really glad you're here and also by the way there's no way to know this so far but trust me she's here also with us is our producer elsie hey elsie i knew you're gonna say pistachio i know i'm predictable Oh, he's p- predictable, I'm, you know. I'm, yeah, no, it's, it's over. It's work. over, Daniel. I was just waiting for uh, it. Hey, how are you, Elsie? I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. Elsie, you, you're kind of musical, right? You knew about passaggios, did you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Do you have uh, one? I don't really sing. No, I think I think uh, Elsie, uh, she more raps. She's more of a hip-hop. Well, she's rapped on the show. She has. Uh, but Elsie doesn't have passage. I think Elsie has a one- <laughs> a one room voice is <laughs> like one level, right? It's just here, I suppose. Okay. Anyway, uh, good to see you. And uh, uh, also with us today, uh, I'm so happy I met her in an elevator. And Loving the next an thing elevator. I know, she's here. It's Mary Lemmer. She's the creator of Improv 4 uh, and the Improv 4 methodology. And as the name implies, it has to do with, guess what? One of our very favorite topics, improv. Uh, we'll find out all about what she does and why improv is in the name of her company. And uh, And she's here wearing a bright red shirt that says improve with the word improv highlighted. Very clever. That's super cool. <laughs> I love that. Uh, Intentional. Anyway, Mary, welcome to the show, and thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah, I yeah. also love pistachios and pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> and, lo- and I love puns, did, so did, 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 I'm pretty excited you, to be here. You just said you love pistachios and pistachios. <laughs> yeah. You know, it has been a while. It's been like a few minutes since we actually said the word, yes. so yeah. I like, was Very close. pistachio. It's okay. I appreciate, just, like, she just kept going. Just, just like, don't let them know you made a mistake. Just keep going. That's right. Keep that's the dance what, going. The anyway, improviser in me, right? That's right. Excellent. Oh, yeah. Excellent. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, up on this show, just a few things. Um, have some some big news, uh, which may not be news to everybody in the room, but it may be news for the listener. I'll get to that in just a moment. I uh, also would like to discuss a crazy fun new app that I've come across that I, if you don't know it, Danielle, uh, you're going to fall in love with this immediately. I have and, my phone out ready to download it. Um, and, what is it? <laughs> and I can just say that I can take a picture of you and make it come alive. Ooh. It's fun. Anyway, uh, and uh, also we're going to do a brand new feature that she doesn't even know about with Elsie called Elsie Reviews Movies in Advance. Oh, I'm in for this. Elsie did not know about this. Plus, of course, coming up, a nerd tip in just a moment. But first, I have a question for you, Danielle. Yeah, Mark, what is it, though? What is your question? Well, I noticed you doing something with your hands when you came in here. Yeah. Hands. It's it's a radio, but I'm I'm moving my She's hands. She's moving her hands, just Crazy. like I said. Do you hear and, it? And what you were basically doing it, yeah, you're basically like writing in the air. Mm-hmm. And but I didn't recognize what you were writing. It didn't look mm. like a normal like you were writing M's and U's or V's mm-hmm. or something like that. It, it was weird. It was like almost like you were drawing pictures or hieroglyphics or something. Yeah. So I, I really would like to know what that is all about. Well, Mark, here's the thing. Okay. I can't. I can't wait to hear what the thing is. No. Well, you're going to have to wait because I can't tell you. Why? It's a part of 
The nerd tip? A secret society oh. I'm in. Oh, is that part of your nerd tip? No. Oh. This is all separate. This is all separate. This all just has to do with my hand movements. Okay. <laughs> and so no one on no one can so. see this because it's a podcast. Um you know, Mark, you so caught you caught society? me, but it's it's a see it's a part of a secret society. And uh Were you communicating has, with I, somebody? I was actually rehearsing a speech oh. for later tonight when I have to do my hand motion secret society <sighs> speech. So it's a whole other language, this secret society. Yeah, has. and it's not sign language, it's different. It's different. So okay. thanks for uh calling me out. Mark, sorry, sorry, not so secret now, anymore. but it's good. No one knows the name. <laughs> no one knows the language. So, okay. But that's what was happening. All right. Well, maybe Crazy. you can tell us something such as a nerd tip. You have one for us before we start the show? Yeah, I do. Nerds always <laughs> get associated. By Danielle Beckman. Hi. Just the tip. Nerd tip. So my nerd tip today is very literal. I wanted to talk about why nerds always get associated with Steve Urkel, glasses, and something else. What do you think it is, Mark? Acne? Suspenders. Oh. That's right. Suspenders. That's what I was going to say. I was going to so, say a bow tie. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Wow. Okay, but suspenders, right? Yeah, that yeah. works. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So well, I just we're wanted... not going to fight you on it. It seems Thank to be where you, you want to go. It's with my it, moment. So... Yeah. Well, guys, let's talk about it. So okay. in the 1920s, Albert Thurston invented the suspenders. And do you know what they were first called in the UK? And I say this because my roommate, he's from Jamaica, but he learned the proper Queen's English growing up. So he says, and he calls them braces. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So he's like, I got my braces on. That's right. Sorry, Lamont. That was really bad. Um, anyway, I'll have him listen to this part. So anyway, so Albert Thurston invented them in the eight, I sorry, I said 1920s, in the 1820s. Wow. And there was a controversial poll that I want to tell you guys about. Life magazine stated that by 1938, 60% of American men chose belts over suspenders. So about a hundred years later, suspenders were out of style. But they came back like in the 80s, I think it was, or something. I you wore are them right. for a while. You are right. They did. So essentially, okay, so the I'm return of fuller cut trousers in the 1940s revived suspenders, but they never again dominated over belts. What was that? Just shocking. Thing? Mark and Mindy. Yeah, Mark and Mindy. Well, oh, yeah. Suspenders now are more, you know, ironic. Yeah. Uh huh, la 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 la, you know, whatever. But but they're still considered part of formal wear for men. Yeah, but you don't really like show them. You know what I mean? Like it's like underneath. Yeah. But so for those who but wear high waisted, that I what? You know you have them. Uh, yeah, That's I'm not wearing any right now, no. but I had to check. Anyway, all this to say, in the UK, they they stayed pretty normal, and so but for those who wear higher waisted pants. They were whoever they were, like Steve Urkel. They just seemed nerdier, and then they got that connotation in society today. Well, do you think it's it's wrong for suspenders to be associated with? Do you know anyone who's not a nerd that wears suspenders? Oh yeah, I love suspenders. I just yes, wanted but to you're know a what was the self-proclaimed nerd. I so. know, 
Well, dang it. So then I'm the wrong person to ask. (laughs) Come on, man. What? I wasn't setting you up. I was just, I was just, you know. I just wanted to see what was the stigma about suspenders and what was their evolution. So there you go. Well, it must have come from somewhere. I mean, it probably didn't just come from a line someone wrote in a script and then it stuck. Oh, no, no. It came from real life field testing. Pants up, pants down, tight, low, baggy, you yeah, know. Yeah. Pretty pretty proud of Albert, though, who invented yeah. him. He did good. Hey, they're they're probably more effective than belts, actually. They're probably probably actually if they're attached by a button. Instead yeah, of it a really clip. depends. There's on nothing the like pant. having your suspender come unclipped and fly up in the air and hit you in the face. Sounds like you really have experience. With I have this. been hit in the face by my own suspender. Really? Yes. Oh my god! What a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> hey Danielle. What? Tell me to start the show. Mark, start the show. Oh my god! Thank God. <laughs> From the Mouth Media Network studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie. Hey everybody, we are here, Funny People Talking, with our guest in the studio, Mary Lemmer, the creator of Improv, for more on her story. Well, not more. All of her story later. <laughs> we started her story as so I can't say more. But um, but before we get to that, and before we get to our game, a uh, couple of things. First, an announcement. Bop, 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 But on on this show, a number of times, I've referred to my fiance, Heather. <gasps> And but but a mere three days prior to the recording of this show, she is no longer my fiance because we got married. Somebody so, got hitched. Ooh, somebody ooh, got ooh, hitched. Ooh, ooh. Yeah. Got married. Got married. Did the marriage thing. Had a great wedding. A really great wedding. My my uh, fiance. My my fiance. My Your wife. wife. <laughs> my wife was stunning. Just. Stunning. Um, and, I can vouch because And Danielle I was, was there. there. Danielle was there, and Elsie was there, and and uh, it was. <sighs> Thank you, Mark. Literally, before I got in here, I was I was telling Mark, I was like, I did not expect to cry that much, and we we're just ta- I was talking about like how genuine the night was. It was so great. Thank you. Oh, so anyway, uh, congratulations, Mark. Thank you. It was great. It was really a fun wedding. Uh, uh, I was really pleased that um, pretty much everyone we, we invited uh, that said they were going to come came. That's great. And it, I think we, we had a pretty good percentage of those people. The food was phenomenal. It was supposed to be an outdoor wedding. Yeah, at, but you guys avoided the but, rain. But we decided to move it indoors, but it turned out pretty good. And it people was still great. got to walk around. The It was at a botanic gardens, and they walked around. In Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. and you know what? I knew two of the caterers. I got to say hi to them, oh, give yeah. them a hug. George were, and Fatima. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. They, they were, I, for, I didn't tell you. Didn't you were busy. You knew them? You were getting married. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I uh, I knew them from working Lavazza Coffee. Oh wow! And well, I was like, George, give me were, another rosé. But no, but they weren't the caterer. The 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 food is done in house. I know they work there. 
Right, or right, right, so or no, I guess it's not Stonehouse. I it's like you well, know they matter. hired the people, but anyway, boring, all this to say, boring, I boring knew the audience, but I knew the people. It was great. Yeah, good. Well, the food was phenomenal, I have to say, and I've never been at, a, at an event before where so many people said the food is literally the best food I've ever had at a wedding or something like that. It was that so, is amazing. It's so nice to hear. And uh, did you get the swordfish? I did get the swordfish. Me too. Elsie, uh, what'd you get? I had swordfish as well. See, wow. Right, there you go. And uh, apparently the swordfish it was, was, the it was, it was. We're so sorry, Mary. Sorry, I'm sorry, like Mary. Salivating we, over I here. Feel bad that we didn't include. And when you. I go to weddings, it, I always want to know the caterers. That's like those yeah. are the people to know. I they know friends. they kept pouring you me stuff. So, uh, but anyway, you know, had a good time. And what was really neat is um, my wife and I both um, wrote music. Uh, that <gasps> they did. I, oh my god! I wrote our first dance uh, song for her and she had not heard it until we actually danced <laughs> and she wrote a song for me which was beautiful and and uh and some of the best music i've heard her do and i'll be uh, singing that and, song <laughs> on the subway and, and then what we did is we uh we took that music along with other music uh that that she uh recorded also on piano she's a pianist and um and we gave as our uh, what do you call it? Uh, favor. Uh, favor, yeah. or favor. isn't there a French word for it? Favor. Papadou or something. <laughs> I don't. We know. so for, for our Papadou. Yes. We we gave everyone a CD. I with know. All I got a CD that we recorded for the wedding. So that was really fun. And uh, anyway, long story short, got married, did the thing. Now it's done. It was great. Family in town. Thank you. Um, and I don't mean this like a self-congratulatory moment. I just thought I would update our audience that 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 shift of life and important life moment. And it was yeah. Mark, was make cool. it a self-congratulatory moment. Congratulations. Well, hey, let me tell you something. When I saw my wife, then my fiance, come down the aisle, um, oh. I was congratulating myself about how incredible she looked. Just. Stunning. I literally so. could cry right now thinking about it. It was <laughs> just so great. So uh, it was lots of fun. What, I think just to, in, in closing um, from my end, uh, so many people – this was the most delightful thing. So many people said that the wedding felt like us. Like yes. It felt like, like – it didn't feel like just a wedding you go to. It felt like it was a projection of that's who it. we were. And mm. that's what we wanted to do. And we wanted everyone to feel entertained and enjoy it. And it sounded like that happened. Yep. So – and we also had – speaking of – I know, Mary, you yourself have a number of um, food allergies and so forth. I hope it's okay for me to say. Yeah, go for and it. we actually had a significant portion of our guests – had food allergies across the spectrum mm. and it was a great consideration we had to work with with the caterer and nobody got sick you know no, everything worked out everyone was good so I was very happy about wow. that so anyway got married that was fun and Elsie you were there did you have any impressions that you wanted to share not to put you on the spot um, I went because I was kind of curious what was going to happen did you have a did you think with something what? was going to happen well you know that whole does anyone object thing <laughs> oh did you? Yeah, I wasn't. No, that was. Were you planning on I was saying curious something? Curious who you're friends with and what kind of family you have. <laughs> you know stuff. Yeah. So well, well uh, we had a couple drinks together. That was fun. Yeah. See, I missed that. I wish I'd seen. That. Well, I'm not. No, I'm not known. You LC didn't miss us on the dance much. floor, so that was good. That was crazy. Were we you on were the dance there. floor, Elsie? I stood there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> she did her like Elsie dance, which was, is just standing. 
Really? You just stand? I just kind of hung out. And... Is it kind of like, you know, when people have like those mini seizures and you can't see them, but no. but they're so small that. Like a mini they're... stroke? No. No, it's like they're, they're so, there's. I answered you, no. Okay. But I'm trying to explain. I'm making a joke. Okay, go ahead. At your expense. So I got that part. Okay. <laughs> you mean she's dancing so minutely that you didn't even know she was moving? Exactly. I get you. Yes. Yes, I was. Comparing her dancing to seizures, by the way, just to. Oh yeah, Lucy, uh, Lucy Kalantari, yeah. one of our old our Grammy winning, yeah, friend. Granny, Grammy winning friend. She, she did a, guest, a song. Right? Wow, yeah, and was... she was on the dance floor a lot too. She's a little party animal. Oh yeah. Say. Oh, I was right she there does. with her. I was ready. So good. Anyway, thank yeah, you for coming, Danielle. Cool. Thank you for coming, Elsie. And You're welcome. Uh, so anyway, so that happened. Um, and Lois was there. Yes, Lois, uh, Mouth Media's CEO Rob. and a and and Rob, Rob our CEO, and uh, Lois was on the show as a guest host one time, yep. and uh, she was there and looked stunning as well. So that um, was cool. Yeah, I'm feeling like I wish I would have met you in an elevator a lot earlier. I could <laughs> yeah, be part of this good... big party. I know, with right? Swordfish. It's, it's 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 how we roll, Mary. It's crazy so think to think it. that Swordfish, like their nose, is literally a sword. I mean, like <laughs> that is. Crazy. I grew up with my grandfather fishing nonstop, and he had a giant mounted swordfish on his wall that he had caught. Whoa. That's the one we served for the At, wedding. No. How dare <laughs> you. The ancient swordfish. <laughs> and right. now we have calcified swordfish it's from Texas. Danielle's grandfather's room. <laughs> so um, oh, uh, we, we had a lot of pictures taken for the wedding naturally, which is a segue Speaking of airplanes. Oh, to this app? To this app I have to tell you about. So oh I'm going to show you this. I have so to show. I'm going to take a picture of you right now, Danielle. I will explain what's happening to the listeners since this is audio, but I have to be able to demonstrate and get your honest reaction. So the app is called Mug Life. Have you heard of this? No. You're going to love it. All right, just let me take a picture of you. Take like more of a normal picture. Oh, that's fine. I don't mean that. Okay. No judgment. Well, um, I was trying to I figure out whether we'll, my face it will for work. all of those who are listening. Let's, let's see if it will it'll work for the app. So what happens is you import a picture to the app and you can allow the app to manipulate your face or the face in, in, in the picture and animate it in really Whoa. interesting ways. Um, and it can be very subtle. Um, like, uh, just the eyes blinking and stuff, or it can be... Mug life? It can be like That's this. That's Oh, this is really creepy. Oh, God. <laughs> so right now what I've done is I've taken, uh. I've taken a, uh, um, a, a, a picture that I just, a still picture I just took of Danielle, and I've animated it very easily through this app, Mug Life, which is not, this is not a sponsored ad. I'm just sharing it. Wow. And, uh, and what it's doing is it's, it's moving around her face and her eyes and her mouth in really uh, super, super creepy ways. You can, okay. I'm terrified she's now. She's terrified now. This thing, I am addicted because <laughs> it, really, it really can, can uh, take. Sorry. Oh, just, do I'm not just, post this on social media. I'm not going to do that. And it, it, really, it really can bounce you around a lot and change your... Oh, okay, so if you so, want to terrify your grandma, you should yes. do this. 
So it's she's called, not going to understand. It's called Mug Life, and I'm telling you, it's one of the funniest things I have seen uh, around. Get out of here! I love it. It's uh, it. So basically, what it is is it. It's so. Did you see? You know, Joe Rogan, the uh, comedian and actor and podcast host. He's one of the the biggest podcast hosts out there. The Joe yeah. Rogan Experience, I think it's called. Yeah. yeah. Did you see how uh, artificial intelligence scientists have or engineers? have been able to completely synthesize his voice and create conversation out of nothing. And it sounds just like Joe Rogan talking. Wow. wow. I believe and, it. And you're aware now that uh, with like this example of Mug Life and yep. and other things that are out there, um, they're able to start creating synthesized mm-hmm. faces and, and – and Didn't they start to movies. do that with Carrie Fisher in Star Wars? Yeah. Well, I don't know if that was the first time it happened, but that's an indication of you it. You know? The technology is getting – so it's really scary about – we're going to have to start to wonder what we can believe. Mm. Because if you can synthesize it someone saying something CGI, yeah. and then you can animate pictures or video of people and manipulate it wow. so it looks like they're saying that. You... Also those hologram concerts and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's the augmented reality concerts. Those are super popular like so, in Japan. So think about that now. Now what you could do is you create someone in video. You can create what they're saying and make it believable. And now you, and then you can do it in a hologram like Elsie says. You could literally take almost anyone from history that there's photographic mm-hmm. evidence of and put them believably saying whatever you want mm-hmm. on a stage. Mm-hmm. Think of the implications politically um, or being able to take someone like, say, Arnold Schwarzenegger, completely digitize him mm-hmm. and then buy him out for yep. $300 million for whatever right. movies yep. you want to do. Or blackmail. <laughs> or blackmail him. Oh, wow. Yeah, right? I mean, wasn't expecting a, that, Mary. It begs the question, like, who would you sure. do this? Like, who would you take their image well, look, and manipulate their voice? Think, think about politics. Think about an election. Oh, think yeah. about what you could do where you could take a, a you know, God forbid, a candidate yeah. and put them in a compromising situation digitally. Even if it came out later, that's not really them. You would never... It's the same thing with like yeah, you might not be able to recover. a teacher that's accused of something and it turns out that they're innocent. You still always think of them in association with that scandal. Yeah. I mean, we're already doing that with our stories and now we'd have this additional evidence, like exactly. this fake evidence. It's another level of fake news. Yeah. True fake news. But you know what? I think that if there's something that can be proven like this and done, there's always going to be a way to detect whether it's real or not. So if the technology is going that way, there's yep. going to be like there, you know, do you know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. There's always going to be the counter to the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And oh. I bet you could trace back that it was done this way. Right. Yeah, there's going to be some. You know, so maybe there will be like a watermark or something if it's not real. You know, I don't know. Well, that's if it's. We need legal. regulation. There'll be regulation. There probably will be regulation yeah. about oh, this, but people God, will still get around the regulation. You know, then then we'll have like some sort of like digital DNA recognition. You know, when you come out of the womb, they slap some sort of DNA imprint on you. Yeah, that... that's called the mark of the beast. That's it. Mm. Read so... Revelation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm going to start conspiracy. All right. Moving think... on. Go ahead. What? No, no. What were you going to say? Well, I, you know, speaking of all this, I just really wanted to talk about a really fun athletic aggression getter outer. Okay. Mm. Let's talk about that. I just wanted to talk about axe throwing and how I did it last I month. I saw oh, you on axe? Instagram. Do it. Let's do, do tell. 
Well, it was my three-year anniversary. Anniversary. With Baba Walters? <laughs> it was my three-year anniversary with my boyfriend. Oh, Aww, how sweet. Congratulations. That's nice. Thank you. So, 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 now, so we decided to so, take aggression out. So, so, so you celebrate the third anniversary with, is Axes the third anniversary? Yeah, Axes the third, the fifth <laughs> is, is a goal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, no, but um, we actually, um, I hope he's okay that I'm saying this because it was his idea, but we, um, we actually decided to take like, uh, symbolically put um, like negative thoughts or like lies or bad things that were spoken over us or about us. And we decided to put them symbolically up on the board mm-hmm. and we threw our axes at them. That's and awesome. We kind of crossed off one by one the things that we wanted to just get rid of and kind of clean house. So we did that. My abs hurt. For really? Seven days straight. You guys, from, from I could barely throwing. sit up. Yes, because I could this really... be a new type of of cardio or like a it new... is. I think is it really? I was. I don't know. I was sweating like a lot. Like you get like city row, and you've got you know CrossFit, Soul Cycle, and all that stuff, <laughs> yeah. and axe throwing. <laughs> anyway, it was it was really cool. And Timothy and I won every game because they pair you up with two other people, and and no big deal. No but big we deal, won. But we're awesome. So I just want to say, yeah, thank Wait, you. Uh, on, kick on... axe. Oh, kick uh, axe. That's funny. It's in uh, Gowanus. Yeah, Brooklyn, right? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard of it. Maybe we'll yeah, have a not sh- far yeah. from where Maybe I live. we'll have a show outing. That would be so fun. Although I'm not entirely sure I want to arm Elsie, but yeah, you better watch out. I mean, I kind of <laughs> trust her because here's the thing: the harder you throw in the right direction, the better you're going to go. So she looks pretty strong to me, <laughs> and I have a lot of aggression. Yeah, see, it's all about the <laughs> the chutzpah behind the throw. So anyway, that's that all fun. I wanted to that's cool. talk about. That's cool. I'm glad you talked about Thank it. Thank you. Um, speaking of Elsie, uh, Elsie, there are so many movies out right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that you're busy and we're busy and we don't have time to see all of them. So I thought maybe you could – Give us – I have always found you to be very insightful in terms of how good a movie is. All right. And you talk about what you think it's going to be. We go see it and it's very similar to that. So I thought we could try an experiment. All right. And I call the experiment – Elsie does movie reviews in advance of movies she's not seen. All right. And so I want to throw a movie out to you and I can tell you uh, what – the movie is about okay if you don't know in general and then i'd like you to give it a review right. which is not just thumbs up thumbs down but as if you were actually doing a movie review okay um and let's let's you know i mean obviously they're not all going to star nicole kidman as you like to to suggest but all why right. can't they just they, let they her. Might. i don't know i guess I, okay you're right this, maybe the review should be you know this what? would have been far better with nicole kidman I mean, <laughs> let's All right. Really. So the first one I am picking randomly. I'm literally picking this randomly. Oh, my God. It's called Midsommar. M-I-D-S-O-M-M-A-R. What? And it says, let the festivities begin. And basically, it is about a young American couple with a relationship on the brink of falling apart. But after a family tragedy keeps them together... A grieving Danny, is the person's name, invites herself to join 
Christian and his friends on a trip to a once-in-a-lifetime midsummer festival in a remote Swedish village. <laughs> in a remote Swedish village. I'm the star. The name they, is Danny. Didn't they hear say me? it's a dread-soaked cinematic fairy tale. So this is called Midsommar, and I would love to hear how you how you liked it or didn't like it. I thought it was terrible. <laughs> Really? How come? Even with the Swedish stuff? Because it was like they were trying to throw in way too many things. There was the summer festival like Woodstock. There was the international flair to it. There was the rom-com part of it. There was the tug-at-your-heartstrings part of it. Um, and it was just way too many things going on. It didn't know which direction to go. All right. So maybe, uh, I'm not sure, maybe we should stay away from Midsummer. Yeah. How was the acting, though? The acting was the best they could do with such a terrible idea. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, um, that's nice. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, since it was in Sweden, isn't that where I let the right one in was? Is that Sweden? Um, yeah, possibly. I'm yeah. Sure. So if they'd put a vampire in it, it would have been better. Okay. That's a joke. Who? <laughs> okay. I don't know. I thought you were serious. No, but uh, vampire movies are great. Who would have played the vampire? I don't know. I thought I was giving you I a mean, softball. She yeah. is no. but, quite pale. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's right. All um, right. But. Yeah. That's all I have to say. Okay. So here's another one. I'll give you, give you two more. See, I like this game. Yeah. Okay. Well, because we'll, you don't we'll, have to we'll, do Maybe we'll go around a little bit. I'm going to give Elsie another one. And literally random. Boop, 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 beep, 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 beep. Uh, this is called The Art of Racing in the Rain. From the studio that brought you Marley and Me. Oh, no. So basically it's based on Marley a best-selling novel. What's that? What? No. Uh, it's a heartfelt tale narrated by a witty and philosophical dog oh. named Enzo. Through his bond with his owner, <laughs> an aspiring Formula One race car driver. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know how this got made. Like if this was the pitch, like. Here's the log lines. <laughs> um, uh, he has gained tremendous insight into the human condition and understands that techniques needed on the racetrack can also be used to successfully navigate the journey of life. So, um, wait, narrated by the dog? That's what it says. So it's with uh, Mio Ventimiglia, Amanda Seyfried, Milo. I Hello, yeah. Milo. Sorry. Hello, Kathy Baker. He's like the best actor of life. Martin Donovan, Kevin sorry. Costner. It, <laughs> I'm obsessed. The cast sounds up. great, but anyway, how was that movie? Um, it, it the cast is a draw, and it it is a family film. You know, dogs. <laughs> Everybody loves a, a good dog movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, it. Some people were a little skeptical because the dog narrated the whole thing. And the race car, the race car driving angle. Parents, you know, had to make sure there was it wasn't too violent. Uh huh. Because mm. you know, with Marley and me, people are expecting a family friend, you know, friendly film. Do you guys right? know what happens in the end? Yeah. So it is brutal. The, prob- the problem is, you know, there's there's they had to do a little more research. So the most families did not go at first. They waited for the reviews to come out, and then once people gave it the thumbs up. More families attended, but it wasn't like up there with the Avengers or anything. Ah, didn't make millions. Oh, it wasn't up there with the no. Avengers. But that's it, rough. But it did. It did fair. It was. It was enjoyed by gotcha. people, but they all mostly waited for it to come out on Netflix. 
Gotcha. Well, do you guys right. know Milo? No. He plays Jack on This Is Us. I've never seen He that. was in Heroes. Didn't see that either. He was in Second Act starring J-Lo. Didn't see that. <laughs> I saw Heroes. Basically, Milo is... <laughs> One of the best actors. Mary's, of my Mary's life. cracking up over there with my lack of viewership. <laughs> Everyone. No, he, we know Mark enjoys reality TV. I, I, well, I sometimes and do. Star Trek. Actually, and Star Trek. Wait, isn't I, this is us reality? No. No. Have you seen it? I know of it. I was making a really if bad she, joke. Oh, 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 oh got it. Uh-huh. I like I liked it, Mary. Um, but we believed you. Yeah, <laughs> and it sold well. I mean, um, that's the thing. I am watching a really interesting uh, reality show right now on Netflix called, I think it's called Jailbirds, maybe something like that. It's about uh, it's it's you know documentary style um, women in prison. It's almost like Orange Is New Black if it were real. And that's cool. It, it's it's a huh. limited series, like eight or ten episodes, and it's it's wonderful. It's really interesting. What's different about compared to other like documentary series, yeah, is it's not episodic per se. It's not like one ends and then you watch the next one. It's a whole new episode. It's it's like continuing. So you're actually like there's like almost like uh, cliffhangers at the end of that's cool. Episodes. But is there an All ending? Right. Pardon me. Is there an ending? I haven't gotten to the end like of it yet. Like the eighth episode, are you going to have a wrap up of whatever I don't know. happened? I haven't gotten there yet. Why don't you tell us? <laughs> I'm asking you. <laughs> I don't know yet. I'll, I'll let you know when it gets. Are to you going to review it right now? Uh, gonna... Sure. So, um, <laughs> uh huh. Jailbirds, if that is the true title, um, is very like Orange Is the New Black, the hit television series. So everybody tunes in. <laughs> Especially because it's real stories and <laughs> real life, and people just can't uh, get over it. They they gotta see what happens to these people, so they so they tune in and they mm-hmm. and then and there are twists. There are there, are, there twists. are there are twists that that you would never see coming. Wow, that was insightful. Thank you for that. That really and. That- Flushed it out for us. And you you get to find out who was convicted and who wasn't, (laughs) who got released and how their life was after they got out of prison and um, if there was anyone put on death row. Hmm. Okay. I I just – there are twists. I just really like that. I think think there are going to be twists. There are twists. Let's move on. Mm, Things you didn't see coming. Let's do another one. I I also think (laughs) that there will be more episodes and more twists so you're a fan i think (laughs) i think this is a hit yeah okay one more i'm gonna throw this to mary all right um unless you want to do one too danielle we'll do it but uh well is this the improv game this is not an improv game this is movie reviews in advance copy that (laughs) uh mary I'd love to hear what you thought of We Have Always Lived in the Castle. This is from the writer of The Haunting of Hill House. Mm. And uh, just to make sure that we're all clear on the premise here. Is it creepy? I'm going to leave that to Mary to tell us. But but basically, uh, Mary Cat lives with her sister Constance and her uncle Julian. Uh, They are survivors of an arsenic poisoning that killed everyone else in the family oh, five years prior poisoning <laughs> stories um and despite being hated by the townspeople the sisters live an idyllic life until a cousin moves in and offers to help around the house 
and then inquires about the family's finances. And uh, <laughs> is this a true story? Uh, there's a battle for control and tragedy threatens to strike again. It's based on a 19. 19- uh, 62 novel, I believe, by Shirley Jackson. <laughs> so uh, anyway, uh, Mary, how was it? You know, it was, I had high expectations for it, given the writer having mm. done Hell House before. So I think I went in with a really high bar. Yeah. And it fell a little short of that. Um, it had a lot of things going on, right? Because at first I'm like, oh, this is about this arsenic poisoning. And, and then you start getting into the family's financing. So it was very... Um, it's definitely one of those movies you can't fall asleep during because you'll miss it. You know, you'll miss something that's <laughs> yeah. important oh, to yeah. a plot. There's a lot of subplots going on, um, almost like a, you know, Love Actually. There's a lot of different things happening, and you got to follow all the different things going on. So you learn about the finances. You try to figure out who did the poisoning, why did they do the poisoning. There's a lot of like psychological um, aspects of it, of getting into the minds of these people and their money and their beliefs around money and also them dealing with some of these tragedies and the time period. I, I definitely found myself being like, was this a true story? And... You know, maybe it was like maybe yeah. the novel was based on a true story, and we don't totally know. But so, so it's like love, actually, with arsenic. Yeah, yeah. and okay. and um and a financial advisor. Basically. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So uh, thumbs up, down, side. It depends on who you are. You know, I think that I wouldn't see it again. I would recommend it to folks that are really into the thriller, like psychological thriller, and maybe are having some struggles with their money and want some advice from a from a film. Okay. Wow. I'm not going to see it, but I appreciate your review. Awesome. Thank you. That was awesome. That was great. All right. Uh, let's. I was an arsenic and old lace, just got to oh. say. In a, well, there's our know, time. Senior year of high school. Wow. I played a 70-year-old woman. Typecast. Mm. That's all. I just have my experience with arsenic is all I'm mm. going to say. So you're done with that. You know, you don't need more. I don't need more. <laughs> it's like I think everyone just needs one arsenic experience in their life. <laughs> I feel like I'm done just by watching that movie. You're done. Yeah, I'm done. I watched the movie. You, you nailed it. I don't need arsenic anymore. One more quick one. Danielle, I know you went and saw uh, a movie the other day called Dead Trigger with Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. Lung, Lundgren. Lundgren. Um. And uh, for those who are not familiar with this, uh, when a mysterious virus kills billions and turns many others into bloodthirsty zombies, Captain Walker, played by Dolph, uh, leads an elite team to destroy them and save the world. Yeah. And, you know, I think Isaiah Washington being this being in this could be one of the more interesting parts of the casting mm-hmm. other than Dolph Lundgren or whatever. Lundgren? Yeah, I can't say it. It's just let's just accept that. So uh Dolph, short for Dolphin, so, so, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh I wonder if Dolph is <laughs> short for Dolph. Short for Adolph, I wonder. Oh yeah. Well it's A Dolphin is his full name. Oh wow, okay. So yeah. anyway, what did you think of? Well, you know, he was compelling in the film, but I have to say it the whole time I, f- I feel like it was palpable in the whole audience. We all were thinking like, this has been done before. Haven't we all seen World War Z? Haven't we all seen 28 Days Later? Is it 28 Days Later or 28 Days? I think there's both. I think there's both. Yeah, but but no, one of them's like a rom-com, right? What with Sandra Bullock? (laughs) Sandra Bullock, yeah. And Hugh Grant. But wait, which is the end of the world one? 
Uh, probably 28 days later. Later. It really know. doesn't change my review. Well, you know, I, I think you guys understand what I'm saying. I, so, think, I think we have to be concerned that yeah. we're not confident which movie is which. That may <laughs> right. be a branding and so, issue. And so, but here's, <laughs> right, well, right. And so back to, to uh, Dead Trigger, um, it, you know, there was nothing remarkable about it. It was like, here's another zombie movie. But a dolphin, he was great in it. <laughs> I, you know, I think that it's one of those things that you just got everything from the title. Dead trigger. Yeah. Don't pull it. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, but hey, That's all this to great say. Movie review. Don't pull don't it. Don't pull it. But, you know, all this to say, I could see the people out there who love the, uh, the post-apocalyptic zombie movie. You know what? You guys go for it. Me, I'm, I'm, I'm. I've had it. I'm, I'm good. I'm good for now. You're good. In the same way I'm good with arsenic, I'm good with undead for a while. All right. Well, that may just be your epitaph right there. <laughs> that's it. That's going to that's gonna be my tagline on my website. It so. will be. Exactly. All right. Well, thank you all for the great movie reviews. I now know which – Elsie has her hand up. Yes, Elsie. Um, there's a new movie coming out with Ben Kingsley. Really? Can you look that up and then you review it? <laughs> okay. Because I want to know what it's about. All right. Well, and then you can tell me because I saw it, you know. Yeah, he um, saw it already. Uh, I just Ben Kingsley. I just want to make sure that I have it all all straight here. An amazing um, actor. Perpetual Grace Limited is a modern noir drama which follows James, a mysterious young grifter who sets his eye on Pastor Byron Brown as his next prey. Um. The pastor and his wife, Lillian, known to their parishioners as Pan Ma, have a religion to build hundreds of innocent people out of their life savings in Half Acre, New Mexico. Well, what I love about this. And Pastor Byron Brown turns out to be far more dangerous than James suspects. Twist. Well, what I love about this most is that nobody else has seen it yet because it actually doesn't premiere until June. But I love the fact that I was able to get a quick glimpse at it because I know someone who works on the series. Wow. So it's actually a TV series um, on epics. And, wow. And there is a reason it's on epics because it was epic. Ooh. Because any chance to have a movie about a grifter and a pastor – I love the the two ends, the hell and the heaven, the bad and the good in the same movie. What is a grifter? Uh, it's like a con artist. Oh. Didn't Stephen King also do something with that? Yeah. So, well, you know, Stephen King likes to pit good and evil against each other. Um, and, so it's you recommend? Well, you know, I don't want to give too much away because it hasn't come out yet. Um, oh, did you sign an NDA? I did. Crap. So, but I just want to say this. If you like grifter movies. I just like to say grifter. This is not it because it's not a movie. (laughs) But but if you like grifter television shows, this is the one for you. I kind of want to name my dog grifter. You should. It's a good, it's a good, it'll be great. It's a word. It'd be great if you had two dogs and one was named grifter and one was named pastor. Wow. I don't know what to think about that. 
Grifter. Come here, Pastor. Come on. <laughs> Pastor, stop that. Stop that. Pastor, stop. Pastor. Pa- Damn it, Pastor. Woof. I don't know. Anyway, so that's uh that that's that's as far as I can get with that one. Sorry. I'll Thanks. See. <laughs> <laughs> right. Elsie is less so, than thrilled. Coming up, we're going to get into the world of Mary and the will the world of improv four. Uh, and we'll close out the show with um, a purposeful improv game. Love it. Right after this. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. Don't be contrary. Mary. Um, sorry. She's not. Nobody in your whole life has said anything like that ever. 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 Never had a garden. Never. You've never had a lamb. You never had a lamb. That's exactly. <laughs> I had a goat um, once with that goat. But have so, you ever met Tina Fey? Not yet. It's like my dream. I used to live next door to Alec Baldwin, though. Fun fact. Did you really? Mm-hmm. When I first moved to New York. Wow. What was that like? Or did was it like anything? It was like what you'd expect, I think. You know, he was a... Just next door always heard... Well, he has a lot of kids. Oh, yeah, he does. So I'd always, mm-hmm. like, I'd see his kids and his wife. And the yeah. first time I saw his wife, I wasn't sure if it was a wife. I thought it was maybe a daughter. But that's, you know, mm. that was my own ignorance about pop culture. <laughs> and by pop, you mean dad? <laughs> Good one. Double meaning. Uh, I know he, was a fr- he seemed friendly-ish. Yeah. 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 He's a, He was actually just – a friend of mine just did a benefit gala with him and they were in a reading together and they had a scene together. And like one of my one of my best friends just worked with him. Um, and he – Alec Baldwin went to Starbucks, bought him Starbucks, was just like delightful. Yeah, he seems to, like a good, a good guy. Well, he's friendly he, with he's the cast. He seems like a troubled person that generally is a good guy. That's just a, a good, normal a guy. Talented yeah. artist and just a normal person that – Unfortunately, has chosen to be in the public eye and he is in the public can't always eye. handle it. So yep. that's, yeah. and th- I can't blame him in a way. So. Yep. Uh, anyway, so um, well, Alec Baldwin knows Tina Fey. Yeah, I think uh, I'm aware. Did you hear? I I'm I'm aware from thirty. So what now. are we gonna do? Well, it's time for the Tina Fey appeal. Yeah, we have to appeal to Tina Fey. So How do we do that? Uh, what we do on the show is one of our great goals of the show is to have Tina Fey. In some way, make an appearance on the show. Could be by phone, could be by video, could be in the studio. We can go to her place, whatever she wants. Give us five minutes. Yeah. Uh, and so what we do each show is we appeal to the comedy gods. We pray to the comedy gods. We invite <laughs> our guests to participate if they're so uh, willing. It's about putting it out to the universe. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're going to just take a moment to do that right now. Uh, thanks for the reminder, Elsie. So I will lead it off. Everyone jump in as they see fit, please. Perfect. And we'll just start combined energies. Uh, Tina Fey. Tina Fey, I appeal to you. Please Tina, Tina, join Tina, us on the show. Tina, Tina, we would love Tina. to have you Tina, just Tina, for a minute. Any amount of time. Tina we'll Marie Fey. We'll make our lives so Comedy God, you. We love you. You're a boss lady. Tina Fey. 
um, similarities. Men. Men. <laughs> Thank you. That was good. I'm a big fan. That's me too, man. I would love. I want to be part of this appeal. You're in it. Support. That is that is uh, that is it for the Tina Fey appeal uh, or prayer or whatever we want to call it each time. Uh, All right. (sighs) On to other female comedians, Mary Lemmer. So Mary, um, you are the creator of Improv Four and the Improv Four methodology. So before we get into what that is, uh, which we will, uh, I want to find out what you think you are. Who do you think you are? Are you a comedian? Are you a business person? Are you an artist? Are you an actor? Are, are, are you an entrepreneur? What, if you have to pick one thing that you are most other than human, mm. other than a, a woman, the oh, obvious you took is, it. You took what she was going to say. You know, um, what are you? That's a really difficult question to answer. That's what I was just thinking. I'm a human. Um, I think of myself first and foremost more of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And mm. and I think partly – and entrepreneur I think is very similar to being an artist or a creator. And uh, I find you know opportunities to create something, to bring into this world, to make – you know my mission is to make the world a better place. And okay. And so, yeah, I'd say an entrepreneur that has taken all these different paths in order to create products or experiences to do just that. Why is your mission to make the world a better place? It seems like such an obvious thing one would do, but why is it your mission? I think ever – I mean ever since I was a kid, I've just wanted – I would always recycle and be interested in helping the environment and just – maybe it's just like the values I was raised with, but I I just feel like – there's an opportunity to do some like create something or do something that I can do to give back and everyone can live happier, healthier, more joyful lives. And if I can play a part in that, like I'd rather do that than the opposite of mm-hmm. make the world a worse place because the world's already hard. Like it's already hard. We deal with a lot of hard things. So yeah. why make our lives harder? Let's try to do a little something to make it better. And as she's sitting here, she's wearing a shirt, like we said earlier, that says improve on it. So there you go. I like that. That's cool. So um, let's talk about Improv 4. What exactly – here's the way I'll ask the question. Why does Improv 4 exist other than to make the world a better place? What what was the moment in which that idea was hatched and you said, you know what must exist and I must be the person that creates it? And – as a as a part two of that question, as you explain what it is, I happen to know that at least to some degree, you're not the only one of these that exists. So my question is, why is this special? Yeah. So it starts with gelato, uh, as you might expect this story uh, to start. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> On the note of pistachios. I really kind of wish more things started with gelato. I should have brought some. I'm glad you didn't ask, but um, <laughs> there's no gelato in the studio to make that clear. But Wait, I what? Tell me about the gelato. So when I was 14, I started a gelato business. Uh, my family naturally. I knew that's where that was going. <laughs> yeah. This is going. I my family immigrated from Italy, and I grew up visiting them every summer in the Philadelphia area. And I couldn't get great gelato in my hometown in Michigan, so I'd ask my dad, like, Dad, where can we get gelato? And he's like, you can't get it here if mm. you want 
gelato here. You're going to have to bring it here, start a business. And I didn't know any better at the time. And so I, you know, put together, my dad's like, put together a little business plan. So I did that. And, you know, one thing led to another. And I had this little glorified food cart and I would sell gelato at parties and events. And it was this way that I could learn and make money for college. And when I got into college, I studied, I went to business school and got really interested in business and faster growing companies and technology companies because I thought, oh, these companies can make a bigger impact on the world. Um, meanwhile, still had my gelato business. And so I, was, I had a lot going on and I was a very like high octane type A stressed out person. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated college and started working, uh, I still I opened another gelato business. I had been working for an investment firm investing in businesses and I wasn't getting much sleep. And I hit this point where I was having panic attacks. My health was really taking a downward spiral. And it was one moment where I was sitting kind of in tears, not having slept. And I was like, I need to do, I need to do something about this. I needed to do something like relaxing and fun and kind of take a break. So I signed up for an improv class. Mm. And... I took this improv class, Mike Fidel, shout out to him, my first improv teacher. I This was the first time I felt so relaxed and comfortable just being me. Everything I said or did was right because in improv we look at everything <laughs> as a gift. Yeah, And so I was able to shut off that part of me that was so stressed out and worried about doing the right thing and making things perfect <laughs> and having to pay attention to all these little details and I could just exist and that was okay. Before you go on, this, this is an interesting aspect of improv I had never thought about before. I mean, I've thought about that everything you do is right, but I'm actually wondering, I don't know, maybe this is part of what you do. I'm actually wondering if improv is or could be used in therapy for people who have um, uh, self-worth issues as a way of having them experience being right. Yes. And being validated. Yeah, I mean – the more that I've dived into this improv is it is therapy and there's aspects of comedy, right. That are therapeutic and we can get into that as well. And for me, improv was like, it was like Mm -hmm. therapy. And so I kept going and I kept, I went and did classes at the second city in Chicago. And as I was taking more and more improv classes, I was, realizing that the skills that I was learning as an improviser were skills that I saw these businesses trying to raise money from me as an investor struggle with, like thinking on their feet, being adaptable, being able to tell stories, being able to kind of let go of their own ideas and build teams and communicate well. And so I started developing this methodology, Improv for Entrepreneurs, because it was I already that was part of my job helping entrepreneurs with not only just the business aspects but the personal and the psychological mm-hmm. aspects of creating something from nothing because that's mm-hmm. what entrepreneurs do and and that's what improv is and as that's well. what improv that's is that's really cool right so there's all these parallels and I found using improv was a really fun and engaging and very effective way because instead of just reading a book about it they could practice these techniques and like you just referred to around having this self worth mm-hmm. is like you can actually go into a scene and play a character that does have high self-worth and feel what that feels like and experience that so mm-hmm. that when you go into your normal life, 
you even know how to be that character mm -hmm. because where else do we get a chance to practice these different habits and these different yeah, what if it's been 20 years since you felt that emotion it takes i mean you know it can be a while like i remember the first time at second city we did this exercise called the emotion walk and they're like walk around the room like you're happy and you're sad and and a lot of theater a lot of acting studios will use this t technique and and i had never I'd never done it, and I also was so disconnected from my emotions because I had wow. shut them off in order to be like I was like to be successful in business. I thought I couldn't feel emotions, and so I was like, I don't really know what I walk like when I'm sad. Like, yeah. what is that? How does my breath change? I don't know. Does my face change? And so I had to really like work through that and like reestablish a relationship to what my emotions were, and then that became really like showing like oh wow i now have this tool set of knowing mm -hmm. what's going on and being able to feel different emotions and express them in different ways it makes me think about how they've said that um like you can get endorphins going in your brain by making yourself smile even mm -hmm. if you're not happy because those muscles trigger the release of endorphins in the brain because it's all connected and yeah so so i'm wondering how much actually going through the quote motions of of even an imaginary situation, your, your body just interprets that and it could release endorphins, it can create patterns, it can, as well as just giving you a reference point of something that feels good. Yeah. And, and that's, it's just, no, I was just going to say, it sounds like that was a rewiring moment for you. Yeah. Where you had the emotions, they were somewhere, maybe they were being suppressed, and then through this outlet, you finally wired them into the yeah. places yeah. they needed to be. There's a lot of similarities to uh, neurolinguistic programming, mm. right? Where you kind of go with NLP, you kind of go back and rewrite your, you re, you change the neural pathways in your brain and improv does with, that with like thought trees you mean yeah stuff with like, like therapy mm -hmm. like it's a form yeah. of therapy yeah. to your point mm -hmm. mark like improv you can also rewire your brain and there's just now art improv is still a baby art form um but there's just now starting to be more and more scientific studies to even measure how the brain changes after practicing improv and showing that it is possible to change these deeply seated um, neural pathways to, yeah, change the way you behave and think about things and react and how your body responds to certain things that happen. And to what you were saying, Mark, when you're saying like when you smile – um, certain chemicals released in your body, et cetera, and hearing you talk about this and how actual thoughts in our brain when uh, there's a CAT scan or MRI, you can actually see thought trees. Yeah. And so really rewriting that in such a way that is not only can be therapeutic, but also it's like a community of you, you don't really do you can, I mean yeah sure you can do improv alone but it's such a community based thing where I feel like the support of that it's like everyone's benefiting yeah. the so, audience is laughing so the I people think, on stage are getting the I benefit. think this is a very natural segue to talk about what improv four does so yeah. so so I think if we could follow this path yeah uh, how did this experience this realization uh, this connection for you and this experience lead to the creation of a business mm -hmm. and a methodology and how does what you do with that connect back to what we were just talking about yeah so 
it started with the methodology. So I was kind of working in these, I was improvising and I was working with all these entrepreneurs and leaders and using and developing specific games and exercises using improv techniques. So how did that happen? How did you get to the point where that was actually happening? It was just, I was just doing it because part of my job as an investor was to help and advise a bunch of companies. And for me, it was way more fun and I could see that this was going to be more effective. So I just, I just started developing you started it. pulling from your own experience and saying, I think this will move the needle with them, so I'm going yeah. to employ this method. You yeah. Will, how interesting. Which is part of why, like, what makes what we're doing different. There's a ton of different applied improv trainers and groups and classes and things, and there's going to be more and more. Um, first and foremost, like, like you asked me, like, I'm an entrepreneur. I've worked with tens of thousands of business leaders and thousands of companies, some that have gone from two people to multi-billion dollar companies like I know their language and like what it's like to operate in those businesses Mm -hmm. and know what it takes to be one of those leaders I've also trained you know for the past 12 years as an improviser Mm -hmm. at the Second City and UCB um, and around the country at these different theaters and so I know the techniques that are used to train improvisers, and I'm just applying those into these to help mm-hmm. these different companies versus coming from being an actor and like going into businesses to help them with team building and communication. And, mm-hmm. and that's great, and that serves its own purpose. We go in pretty deeply and work with leaders and teams to say, like, what's the challenge here? Almost like a consultant, right? And being able to go in and use these techniques like a business strategy consultant would or a communications consultant or, in some case, an HR consultant because there's a lot of communication breakdowns that are leading to sexual harassment, Mm -hmm. um, different lawsuits and things at companies now. That's really fascinating to me because – this is where I think you separate from a lot of the pack. There's a lot of companies out there that are using improv as a corporate training uh, and, and they just basically do exercises and and it's still very valuable. It teaches team building. Yeah, it teaches listening, yeah. uh, accepting what other people are or do. And, and even public speaking and public skills. public speaking. Is it that what people it, okay. their shell and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Usually it's employed by um, either to do team building or from my experience, or uh, most effectively for sales organizations to get them to think about listening in a different way. Yes. But it sounds like you're doing things at a whole nother, deeper, more complex, comprehensive level uh, where you're getting into real psychology and really uh, peeling the layers of the onion with organizations and addressing deeper either issues or creating opportunities for growth. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit of both, right? And it's the fun, exciting, like, let's do team building and let's, like, do these fun exercises is is the tip of the iceberg because there's – and then once people get into it and they're like, oh, like, this is – there's a lot more here. And just like we practice anything, music, sports, mm-hmm. yoga, like, improv is yoga for social skills and communication mm-hmm. skills. And you don't just go to one class yeah. and can touch your toes. You go yeah. over time. And so that's where we get, like, we do a lot of ongoing work with teams to get to these deeper issues and actually rewire and train. Because if you go to one session, yeah, it's yeah. going to be fun. It's going to be helpful. And everyone yeah. should take an improv class. But keep going. And then you'll start to see the results of 
the practice. So what's basically the downward dog of improv? <laughs> the downward dog of improv. Probably like zip, zap, zop. That's I feel right, like yeah. everyone has played zip, zap, zop. <laughs> Tina Fey, I know yeah. you've played zip, zap, zop. If you're hearing this, is it, come play it, zip, zap, zap with us. she invented zip, zap, zap with Zell Close. Zip, zap, we zap, don't know. We don't know. Is zip, zap, zap the one where you keep changing your answer with the person in a case? No, of, it's, it's literally just, like, just zip, zap, zap. Oh, zip. yes, I remember yeah. that. Now, yes, you walk... You, you, you walk, walk around, you aim at somebody mm-hmm. for them to say zip, and then they aim, zap at somebody yep. else. And yes, okay. and you keep passing it around. Yeah, got it. Okay. And so we'll do that, it's and war- then we'll it's do often a, a warm up, right? Yeah, warm up, and then you know we'll do that, and then we'll layer another pattern game and pass another pattern, and yeah. then we combine the two, and you know, kind of it. People are like, oh my gosh, this is so much, and then everyone's like. This is what we have to do in our jobs, right? We're handling multiple things. Mm-hmm. So how you handle multiple things in life, if you practice handling multiple things in a very safe, low-risk environment, you can start to train your brain to yeah. react without stress. You just take the zip, pass it to someone else. You take whatever other pattern, you pass it to someone else. Yeah. No stress. No stress. Just do it. It just – it's I, – I can't help but feel like – this is so – you know, when you think of someone, like, running in their lane, like, oh, yeah, I just – I mean, I just met you today, Mary, but I just feel like this is – you're so in your lane. Like, this is so uniquely It's what you, you. were meant to do. Yeah, I truly Like, you fell into your that. own shadow. Like, <laughs> you know? Like, it's just so cool. And I, I wanted to ask, do, um, how, do you have a team working around you or how many people are um, in your company or come alongside you and teach or – and can Daniel work with you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We <laughs> hey, we um we have different facilitators. So cool. like That's I just did a training at a conference, and so it was really large training. So I bring another facilitator, and all of our facilitators have trained at Top Improv uh, Studios, and and or have worked at you know Fortune five hundred companies, and right, can speak the business language. Yeah, it's That's always there. So cool. We've got a facilitator who's you know does a lot of therapy and um, brings that element to it as well. So yeah, there's a there's a you know group of folks that bring a different perspective and yeah. Um, yeah. so you're like the mama bear, the mama and then bear. you have your facilitators. Yeah. I'm just as yeah. a business model, I'm curious because for any entrepreneurs listening or actorpreneurs or artistpreneurs, I was just curious what your your um, model looks like for that. Yeah, I think like the mama bear, or the mm-hmm. the kind of. Um, the fearless, sometimes You're the fearful Khaleesi. leader. Yeah, and okay. I, you know, want to bring people on. I meet great people that want to do this work, and I want to bring them along for it. And they have different skills to offer as well. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm really paying close attention to that, making sure that whatever is in the methodology is applicable to the groups we're working with. Right? We got to speak the language. Yeah. So if we were ever to, we've talked about. Um, doing something for hospitals and working in with folks, caregivers, we would before doing that, like I'm, I've never been a caregiver in a hospital. So I would want to go explore that or get someone from that world to help develop that methodology versus, you know, trying to create it myself. So we make sure that it's applicable to that world. And we're not just trying to bring these ideas into a new new environment. So smart. How did how do you end up connecting with clients? How is it that that becomes recognized that there's an issue uh, or or a mission within that corporation or brand and that connects to the possibility that you're s- a solution that's being thought of yeah i think uh 
so far it's been a lot of just because I've been in that world and so connections networking they just kind of knew that I was doing this or they would ask me to help with some other some business issue and I'm like great I'm going to do it with this methodology um because mm-hmm. I know it works and and at first people are like I don't know and then they get into it like oh wow I see yeah. because it's not a connection people commonly make um and then I've been doing more and more conferences. So I do these big sessions at conferences where hundreds of people come and I have them playing yeah. games and they all come from different companies. And then they're like, you should come back to our company and do this for our team. Like our team really needs this. Our team has this problem that could be solved with improv. So it's a lot of word of mouth really. Yeah. And just doing more and more. We do a couple open trainings. We have one coming up even tomorrow in New York city where people can come and mm-hmm. try it out and then see how it could That's really work smart. for their team. I would imagine too. They're psychologically, you're bringing people back to their childhood when they gave them, when they had permission to pretend. Yeah. And and we deny ourselves that mm-hmm. because we're supposed to be adults and responsible. And if you say say your assignment right now is to pretend, your assignment is to play. Yeah. yeah. Um, that connects with their the child, and for most people, at least in America, I think most people, childhood is a happy time. And and so the, that they are accepting as opposed to – so how do you – how do you deal with giving – helping someone give themselves permission to have fun, participate and find the funny? Yeah. So we – we think I think of it as like we go back to that play-like state, which can be associated with childhood. It's also where we didn't have judgment of ourselves, right? And so I think of it as like a no judgment. Go back to that frame of mind where we're not judging ourselves or each or other people, which is children are just kind of playing, right? And mm-hmm. um, don't have a lot of judgment of themselves until they get you know conditioned by society and all of that. And yeah. so we in our practice in our methodology we have a we fire the inner critic so we do this ritual at the beginning of every Mm -hmm. training where everyone kind of closes their eyes and stares their inner critic directly in the Mm -hmm. eye and either fires them or tells them to get Mm -hmm. out that's awesome um and then we say that out loud we're like you're fired or get out of here you're not welcome and then we don't have judgment and then the first thing we do is like some fun exercise where we're either acting like animals or yeah. doing funny motions and sounds. So to really like, you really have to keep firing that inner critic and create that safe space to be vulnerable, to mm. be play like, to trust other people that they're not yeah. going to tease you for being like childlike again. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you encourage someone to participate who may be reticent to doing that? Cause they're just not comfortable yet without calling them out or making them feel uncomfortable or without like like making sure that they give themselves permission to do it yeah or do you encounter that a lot or yeah i'm curious so lesson i think you and most people would expect one of the biggest questions that any prospective client asks is like we have a ton of introverted people on our team this might make them very uncomfortable and I'm like look you'll be surprised those people enjoy it most because they play a character they're in a role at work and everyone thinks of them as introverted Mm -hmm. but we all have a range of characters and ways we like to be and so mostly because this ritual 
typically like people are some people are louder and they're like get really into firing that inner critic and some people are quieter about it um but everyone like people get into it really quickly and the folks that are uncomfortable like most of it is self-selection right if they're at a conference they've chosen to come to the session or if they're at a company they've we all they all make the choice like no one's forcing them out out of their will to come um and if everyone's doing it i feel like it becomes that safe space where it's like okay i might participate too but that is that's that is a good question because i feel like sometimes i don't know do you ever encounter anyone who's so blocked that it's hard to work with them or do you find that the way that you set up the beginning of the sessions people's walls come down there are there are definitely people that are more blocked than others mm-hmm. right or more uninhibited and able to be more vulnerable quicker but it's all relative right because for some person someone it may right. be like just that little bit that they've gone is like way more than they ever have and so that's why it's a I call it a practice because if you yes. go over time and, mm-hmm. and there was an eight week class, a leadership class I did in San Francisco where I remember one of the the gentlemen that took the class the first day he had he was very visibly uncomfortable having conversations with people. After eight weeks, he was going to dance clubs and flirting <laughs> with women because he kept coming and he put in the work and he got to practice doing this thing that he was uncomfortable with in this environment and so oh, how rewarding to watch that happen oh my i mean that was this moment talk about moments where i was like i have like i have to do this like oh. this this the world so needs cool. this and um it's definitely something where i like i can't imagine not doing it yeah what is your favorite game or exercise to do mm. personally mm. and why it doesn't even have to be what do you like to give other people what do you personally mm. like to participate in that's mm. the most fun? Yeah, my favorite to do is um, – it's called – I call it like scenes with numbers. Mm-hmm. And so if we're in a scene, if Danielle and I are seen together, we only have numbers. So we count to 21 and we are using our voice and our body language um, and then we do the scene again and we replace those numbers with words. And I love – this exercise for myself and to do with other people because it's we know what the scene's about just by seeing the numbers like the words don't matter like after the scene with numbers happens if people in the audience are like oh like they're having an argument about something or like they're in a relationship and he left his laundry on the floor like it's so clear that is so fun <laughs> it's so fun. i've never played that game that's awesome well uh, guess what we're gonna do it in just a moment oh my gosh is that okay yeah of all right so this will be so a first excited. on the show we only play games we've made up on okay. the show um that you know i imagine that most of them are probably versions of other ones that are out there because there's only so many things to invent yeah. but um this will be a first where we've been led by someone else in a game. Okay. Is that okay with you? I'm down. All right. So um, I wish we had hours to talk with you. That seems to be a common theme on this show. It's always But um, how can people connect with you and with Improv 4? Yeah. So you can check out our website, which is Improv 4, like the number 4, dot com. And you can find out all about us on there. You can get my contact information on there. And would love to hear from you and improvise with anyone who is willing to say yes and come improvise. 
well, I am digging what you're doing. I I think humor and uh, and comedy and improv are the solution to a lot of things. Uh, Absolutely. And, and you you're proving that's true. So awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. Thanks um, for having me on the show. Of course, yeah. Mary. We're so glad to have so you. Fun. By the way, how can people follow you on social media? They can follow uh, us at on Instagram at improv for the number four you uh, or my personal Instagram, which is BYM Elizabeth with an S. Super complicated. It's worth it. I post some great things. Um, and <laughs> those are also linked to on our website, which is improv com. Okay, awesome. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to take a very be- – uh, we're not going to do end-of-show food this episode. Is that okay, Elsie? Sure. Uh, we're going to jump to this particular uh, game and uh, an exercise in just a moment, uh, which is what, – what did you say it was called again? Or what Scenes you- with Numbers. Scenes with Numbers right after this. All right. We've had Emmy Award-winning, Tony Award-winning, and legendary celebrities and entertainers on their programs over the years. So when it's just them, it's just kind of sad. Not boo-hoo sad. Ha-ha sad. Not boo-hoo sad. Ha-ha sad. This is Funny People Talking. Okay, so excited. I couldn't wait for that break to be over so we can get going <laughs> with scenes with numbers. Yeah. Is that right? Uh, or whatever. A scene with – there's a scene and a number. Yeah. That's all I know. <laughs> um, so if you would uh, lead us through it in every possible way, uh, we'll follow and play with you and um, whoever you want to participate uh, in whatever way it works. Oh, awesome. We can all participate. So. All right. Basically, we're all in a scene together, and we can only communicate with numbers. And so since there's four of us, we'll do it up to 40. And so we'll, we will... Um, it's almost like one word story in a way where we're do you want to pair turn us with off? the next number. Because we can do two scenes if you want. Oh, we could do that. Yeah, yeah let's do that. Okay. So why don't we do a scene together, okay. Danielle? And then let's get a suggestion for a from the two of you... A suggestion for a um, relationship, like mother-daughter, husband-wife. Repairman and housewife. Okay. Repairman and housewife. And so now we are going to be in the scene as a repairman and housewife, but we can only communicate with numbers. Once we get to uh, 25. <laughs> okay, 25. Then we'll stop the scene and then we'll do the scene again and replace those numbers with dialogue. Okay. Is it a good sign that I'm entertained already? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. Who's going to start? It doesn't matter. We can just decide. <laughs> okay. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four. 
25. All right. So already the same th- scene. Okay. Uh, this time with dialogue. Won't, won't be necessarily exact, okay. but we got the joke. I don't know if you knew who you were. We're going to find I out. Know who I was. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for coming. You seemed very urgent on the phone. Yeah. So, um, the entire toilet popped off. That's a mess. Yeah, I only have a budget of like $400. Do you think you could fix that? $400? Yeah. That toilet's going to take me three hours to fix. But how much? I charge $400 an hour. Really? Yeah. No budging? (sighs) Okay. Really? You seem like a nice person. Okay, go get your tools. Wow, that was great. See, I I thought it ended... I thought it ended... With you being like, I can't budge. Oh, because in the end, in the numbers, I was like, ah, I gave up on you. Interesting. In my head. Interesting. Well, and I thought at first, from your first number, I thought like, okay, is this like, is this housewife flirting with the repairman? And then as it went on, I was like, nope, that's not what's going mm. on. Had to let go of my I own was, ideas. I was distressed. You were distressed. But yeah. I was like trying to read you. And I thought, I was like, oh my God, does she think she's the housewife? <laughs> <laughs> no, I definitely felt like I was the repairman. Yeah, I, I, I caught that. From that's the number. The okay, good. About. But right. I wasn't sure at first. I was like, right. what's the scene? So yeah, that was. But it okay, it was what I thought it was. Let's go ahead and, and do the next scene. That was, that was really awesome. That was <laughs> yeah, awesome. it was fun. All right, so now you two are going to do the same thing. Okay. We have to have a suggestion for a relationship for them. Yeah, a relationship. Um, Okay. uh, Ooh, uh, the president and the president's secretary of state. And and I just mean like president in general, like any president. Okay. Up to 25. Uh, One. Two, three. Uh, Four. Five, six, seven, eight, nine, <laughs> ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, <laughs> twenty-one, mm, twenty-two, twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five, twenty-five. Nope, twenty-five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. That was awesome. (laughs) Ready? Okay. Uh, Mr. President? What? uh, (laughs) uh, Iran? And? Cambodia, Vietnam, and Australia. And your point is what? They hate us. Hate is an awfully strong word. I don't really think that that's what you intended to say. I think you think uh, that's, uh, I don't know, game changer with me or something, but you need to rethink what you're about to tell me. They're going to attack us. That's not acceptable. 
I said, rethink what you're going to say, and then you'll be saying it. But I don't want you to speak again until you've gotten a clear picture in your mind. I quit. So you're a coward, too. I take it back. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> Yeah. You know, it's funny. In some sense, that was the intent I had, but I realized I was making up more of a story the second time we were doing it. Mm. I had more things to work with, and I, I, I think the beats, the emotions, were yeah. the same ish. Mm-hmm. Did you feel that way, Elsie? Um, how much of your end of it? Realizing that I started the premise, but how much of was what you had imagined your side of the? Um, did you know you were the president was, the first time we did it? I wasn't sure okay. actually, but um, the only thing that was a little different was the ending because I said twenty four, twenty five. Then you said twenty five, and I said no, twenty five. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So that's the only part we had a little difference, yeah. but it was yeah. cool. I think that was it more was function that apparently I wasn't listening to you closely enough. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted the last word, damn it. Yeah. So, that is an awesome game. It's that, an exercise, really cool. too. Mm-hmm. So thank you. Fun. What a great way to finish the show out. Yes. Um, well, again, uh, Mary, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, everybody check out Improv 4. Uh, clearly, you're doing super cool things, and I, and I love how people are able to infuse comedy into anything, business, uh, personal lives, um, whatever it may be. So everybody check out improv, the number four, dot com. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks Absolutely. for playing improv with And uh, everybody will be back with another show next week, and most likely an end of show food, and uh, another great guest. Until then, for Daniel Beckman. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for listening, everyone. And I'll see you. See you later. I'm Mark Rako. Stay funny, everybody. We'll Actually, see I time. won't see you later because I'm on a microphone. Wow. <laughs> Ta-ta. Stay funny. Two people hopped up on Pop Rocks. This is Funny People Talking. This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.